much and for too long, we seem to have surrendered personal excellence and community values in the mere accumulation of material things. Our gross national product now is over $800 billion a year. But that gross national product, if we judge the United States of America by that, that gross national product counts air pollution and cigarette advertising and ambulances to clear our highways of carnage. It counts special locks for our doors and the jails for the people who break them. It counts the destruction of the redwoods and the loss of our natural wonder in chaotic sprawl. It counts napalm and it counts nuclear warheads and armored cars for the police to fight the riots in our cities. It counts Whitman's rifle and sex knife and the television programs which glorify violence in order to sell toys to our children. Yet the gross national product does not allow for the health of our children, the quality of their education, or the joy of their play. It does not include the beauty of our poetry, or the strength of our marriages, the intelligence of our public debate, or the integrity of our public officials. It measures neither our wit nor our courage, neither our wisdom nor our learning, neither our compassion nor our devotion to our country. It measures everything in short, except that which makes life worthwhile. And it can tell us everything about America, except why we are proud that we are Americans. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OK, Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong. As always, I'm Dave Yost, and today we're uh, continuing to continue uh, our uh, sort of uh, spontaneous theme that we've been creating over the past few episodes of, of taking economic statistics uh, that get thrown around and, and breaking them down for you. Today we'll be talking about a statistic that, uh, depending on your age, uh, comes with a significant amount of baggage. I know that uh, growing up when I did, uh, throughout the 1980s, uh, this was a, uh, a term that was spoken with the, the same tone that a natural disaster might have been spoken of. It was, uh, it was typically in, in very apocalyptic language. Uh, and, and that, uh, you know, today, not so much. And that, that term, of course, is inflation. So uh, thankfully, to make sure we don't uh, uh, get overwhelmed by any kind of generational bias. Uh, I'm back here at the Bureau of Labor Statistics in Chicago, and I have Paul Laporte back uh, by popular demand, mind you, uh, to help us walk us through this. Uh, Paul, how you doing? Hey, thanks uh, for having me again, here, Dave. Thank you. Well, it's uh, great to have you on again. And uh, again, uh, you know, BLS uh, here in Chicago is a great, great source for me and uh, and for the listeners out there. Anytime you really need a statistic explained, this is this is kind of your bread and butter. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, to start off, before we get into, like I say, the main focus of, of this particular episode um, will be more will will be concerning how do we even generate that number? You know, if you if you turn on the TV to whatever news channel you prefer, and whoever your news anchor is says the inflation rate is. You know, 2.7%. Mm -hmm. Okay, how did we even get that number? But before we do that, let's do just do a little uh, little of the homework on the whole thing. So I, I guess starting with the, the, the most basic concept of what is inflation? Mm -hmm. 
because like I say, it's, uh, people throw that term around, people use it to explain all sorts of, of fluctuations in, in price and wage and, and all e- this. Exactly. What yeah. really is, when we're talking about inflation, right? From with, with my experience, and again, just a little background, I've been with the Bureau for a little over 30 years. Uh, in the information unit here, answering hundreds and hundreds of calls uh, from data users uh, across the years. And one of the more, uh, probably the most popular question is just that. <laughs> what was the inflation rate? What was the, what is the cost of living, et cetera? So from my, my standpoint, just that term itself, inflation is somewhat generic. It mm. can be used in many, many different senses. I mean, the worst is, what, the, one of the more far-fetched is what is, the in, what is inflation? Inflation, what, of your you know, tire pressure? I mean, you could you know, go way out there. But generally speaking, we know what most of the time what people are after, uh, it's this retail Price inflation, mm-hmm. but the bureau, as you as you mentioned there, there are other measures of inflation out there. Is it wage inflation, and that would be our uh, employment cost index? Is it uh, wholesale price inflation, a term we had had used uh, many years ago, but it's currently the producer price mm-hmm. index, another measure of inflation. But probably one of the more popular ones because it's used by such a wide variety of, or it has a wide variety of uses. Everybody from you know your top ivory tower economist down to your uh, little shop owner that's looking for something to use to raise the rent on their, on their building. Or it could be somebody looking for a raise or they're give, the employer is giving out a raise. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this whole deal, what is the inflation rate? What is inflation? Again, for uh, the Bureau's purposes, we have a number of measures, but again, probably one of the more popular is the retail price inflation. And why do people want to, or why are people tracking this? Again, various reasons, but they want to keep, you know, the, uh, the dollar constant. They want to have the same buying power, whomever it is, uh, they want to keep the buying power of their dollar uh, the same, and they want to keep it with what? Keep it with in pace or with pace with with inflation. Well, and, and yeah, I think the uh, and and like that uh, that's a really uh, a critical point that I think flies over most people's heads when when you're talking about this because again, inflation gets reported as if it exists in a vacuum. And uh, it really doesn't because the in, the rate of inflation and I, I guess you would call it then the effect of inflation can be two different things depending on a number of other factors mm-hmm. in the economy. So if inflation, I, I, most people I think hear inflation and they, they think of the rate at which their money is losing value, uh, which is not wrong, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, it lacks some additional information. And so, you know, if the rate of inflation is, in, is, is 2%, but uh, prices are dropping by 5% uh, at, over the same period, then the rate of inflation is, you know, not a detrimental factor because 
even though your money's losing value, prices are going down at a faster rate, so your purchasing power, and that's where we get into mm -hmm. you know, the importance of bouncing the rate of inflation off the consumer price index or you know, the, the PPI or you know, some other statistic. You, I think the, the mistake a lot of uh, people who use this statistic make is they just talk about inflation mm -hmm. um, as if that's the only marker to determining what's going on in the economy. Um, and so, I, because again, you know, our arguments can be made uh, pretty, pretty easily to the necessity of inflation just for, for continuing the engine of the economy as a whole. But, you know, as I'd mentioned in the intro, uh, you've got one, two, maybe three generations, uh, you know, the boomers, Generation X, and kind of the early, whether you want to call it Generation Y or early millennials or whatever, who are, are kind of programmed based on the runaway inflation from the 70s and into the 80s mm -hmm. to, to fear this number. Uh, like I say, I, I was not at a formative age yet. I was, I was still, you know, through the 80s, uh, through the, the final downturn of uh, Paul Volcker's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, policies through the Fed to, to finally bring inflation under control and through most of my lifetime and, and the lifetime of a lot of the younger Americans out there, we've never seen anything, mm -hmm. you know, somewhere between zero and 3% consistent, very, you know, uh, but even you know, even as a you know six, seven, eight, nine, ten year old in that period, uh, any news story you saw that mentioned inflation, any magazine cover that had it mentioned inflation, uh, again, like it's in the intro, it was talked about like it was this catastrophic thing, and we'd go back to gas lines and money. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd be, uh, you know, the old. Uh, added or not i guess anecdote from the uh great depression in germany where the guy requires a wheel wheelbarrow full of uh german marks to buy a loaf of bread and while he's purchasing it somebody tips it over and steals the wheelbarrow mm. because the money was worth less <laughs> than the actual tool and and like i say that's that's i i, I think you've got about three generations of americans who have this very like uh very strong bias against inflation at, at any rate under any circumstances you know and, like, and the thing is there even again the, the generations you know who's paying attention to mm -hmm. it if they're not you know the a particular group if they're not the ones who are paying <laughs> for these goods and services to begin with do they are they really worried that the prices prices of these goods and services are going up if whomever gives them a gas card and they could just go fill up not worrying about what the price of gas is and mm -hmm. everybody's taking care of their other other uh, necessities but uh, as noted uh, in during the 80s there you know inflation seemingly noted uh, a lot even the younger kids at my younger age 8 9 10 11 mm -hmm. this is a true story going into the grocery store and literally buying you know may sound funny here twinkies <laughs> at one time 10 cents 11 cents and now they're noticed they're you know this is a true story 13 cents why are why are these prices going why are why is the price of this going up mm -hmm. or 
other observations, going out to eat, Italian beef sandwich, whatever, a couple of bucks. Wait a minute, last week I was here, the thing was, you know, 15% lard. The bun was bigger and there was more food. What, what happened? I mean, these are... Again, things that the bureau captures. Some are going off target here, as far as as far as the prices go. But uh, it's very important. But the thing is, there are there are a lot of obvious people who are paying attention mm. to what's going on, and then there's potentially this other group that's really not. But believe me, sooner or later they'll be aware of the fact when they're dishing out money. And wait a minute, my wallet's empty. I need to go back to the cash station because yep. what used to cost me, you know, 50, 60 bucks I could get away with for the week. You know, I'm running out on Thursday and it, uh, you know, I have a few more days left in the week and I'm broke. Well, but actually that, that there's a, just a, an, an interesting mm-hmm. tangent mm-hmm. for a minute, uh, getting, getting sidetracked onto, um, the, the velocity of, of money, uh, is I, I that may be another reason why, Inflationary effects may, and and again, I'm I'm generalizing here, uh, not basing this on statistical evidence, which is not great economics, but uh, maybe a reason why inflation gets noticed less because you're not, you don't have to make that weekly trip to the bank mm. and pull out, you know, uh, you know, fifty, sixty, a hundred dollars, and then spend that cash is we all have debit cards right, now right, and right. credit cards and PayPal mm-hmm. and, and all these all these great mechanisms which which uh, I mean are, are great for the economy because they speed up velocity you know in, in, in the exchange of money. But do you really notice you know when when, when you would say take out fifty dollars and it would last you for a seven day period mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you get to day five and you're out of money and you need to, you know, get more. Yeah, reload. <laughs> uh, that that's a very star or you know stark realization because like oh I literally have to walk down to the bank again and get it. Now it's just again no I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm busy I'm on a phone call I I've got my coffee and my you know my bagel I'm swiping yeah swiping my card sure. and I move on with my life and it's not until. You know, I sit down to check my, you know, to balance my checkbook or, or check my statement. Mm-hmm. Then I'm like, huh, starting to, uh, you know, not not be able to buy as much with with you know with no change in income. Mm-hmm. But of course, then to to yeah to to bring it back to the, I think the key of the inflationary statistic is, yeah, inflation. Uh, decreases the the essential value of money mm-hmm. uh, drives up prices uh, but again does not exist in a vacuum because in a scenario where again inflation's at two percent but across the board uh, wages are mm-hmm. increasing by ten percent mm-hmm. uh, makes no difference there like it, I think the like a lot of statistics inflation lacks real meaning until you bounce it off of a few other statistics right 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 you know and again as you said their wages uh of course a lot of times what we do see is that increases in wages pretty much you know that you can chart it out Mm -hmm. what's inflation based on our cpi and what what our wages doing a lot of times they will grow and decline uh, in the same pace and obviously if wages are growing faster than prices Again, 
most would argue that's good for the economy no, because people have more money in their pocket. They're able to spend and buy more more goods and services. Well, and then I et guess mm-hmm. right right there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, inflation tends to be be looked on as as entirely negative, uh, but about to blow some listeners' minds. There are uh, some significant positive effects economically mm-hmm. uh, for inflation. Yes, the money in your pocket is worth marginally less than it was the day before, but <clears throat> you know the the result of that really one you you wind up creating an opportunity cost for I guess other people holding money. Uh, which incites lending and investing, you know, gets money to circulate out mm-hmm. there. Because if we were in, instead of inflationary, deflationary, where money is gaining value without doing anything to it, you know, there'd be no incentive to, to lend. You know, mm-hmm. why would a bank give you a loan uh, when they could just leave their money in their vault and it's going to accrue value right. with them doing nothing? Uh, inflation becomes necessary to to incite that bank to say, well, your money's losing value at two percent. So how about you lend it out at four percent, and and now you're actually making more than you would if you just left it in your in your in your vault. Um, it does also uh, reduce the real burden of debt. So the, if I take out a loan today, the obviously the bank is adjusting for that with the inflation rate, but essentially the if I were to take out a zero percent loan and pay that loan back over the course of ten years, it'll eventually the the money I pay back is worth less than it was when I borrowed mm-hmm. it, which is great for a, a borrower, right. terrible for a lender. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course the the Keynesian idea of nominal wage rigidity, in that the economy can't or can't ever adjust by employers asking. The labor market to take a, 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 a wage cut because la- the labor laborers just can't wrap their minds around. Well, you know your purchasing power is through the roof, so to, to achieve equilibrium, we're gonna cut your all, everybody's wages by ten. Like, no, there'd be riots in the street. So since you can't use that as an adjustment to equilibrium. Uh, you know, inflation does the job for you by just, you know, continually reducing the value of that money so that uh, over time you never have to engage, oh, no, we need to cut wages in order to balance everything out. No, they, they naturally, uh, you know, plateau and then fall unless, of, and, and that way the only, you know, uh, interaction or the only negotiation labor has to deal with then is wage increases mm-hmm. just to, to meet the rate of inflation. So there's, you know, positive impacts to inflation. The negative ones, again, typically get tied in with runaway inflation, hyperinflation. Right. Um, I mean, even, uh, uh, you know, interest rates, I mean, depending on your the family composition, if you have the uh, those who are interested in, uh, you know, Traditional savings accounts or CDs, everybody mm. knows that those rates are very, you know, min- minimal. Yep. You know, back obviously when when there was higher inflation, four or five percent return on a CD. You know, 
that was you know that was great now it's a couple of percent or less so again all all tied together here all these oh, yeah. great uh, economic economic statistics and it and it pays for everybody to have some knowledge of oh, what's going what's going on and then, uh, in the economy and then of course I, I um, had a economics professor back in in grad school who uh, I think he, he always liked to hammer the point that um, the key danger you get into with inflation uh, is isn't about what the inflation rate is it's about what people think the inflation rate will be because everyone's going to adjust their their behaviors off of the expectation yep. not off of the reality and so even even if you you had uh, maybe high but steady inflation if the expectation was that it's going to continue to increase you're going to get a lot of detrimental market effects because people are going to spend less mm -hmm. uh, or uh, I suppose potentially spend more in the short term to, to get their money's worth but typically they're going to try to save so that they have more money so that it, as it becomes less valuable they still have some mm -hmm. um, but yeah you're gonna you you can incite a lot of the the negative impacts of of inflation without actually having high inflation mm -hmm. simply because people think there's going to be high inflation uh, which again always a an, an interesting you know three levels out thing to have to consider but so again wanting to uh, fully utilize that's just a little bit of the basics on inflation but wanting to fully utilize the uh, uh, Mr. Laporte here and the, the good folks at the BLS let's get down to the nuts and bolts hey, of it okay. so we generally we know what inflation is so uh, how do we calculate mm -hmm. that number right so you know uh, as we previously mentioned there and in inflation or cost of living most of the time when we're hearing those terms we're referring to the bureau's consumer price index mm -hmm. the data series that tracks the car or tracks prices of goods and services that you I our uh, listeners here uh, are paying uh, for for goods and services so each month uh, usually around the middle of the month or a few days before uh, the BLS will come out with our consumer price index and tell us that or tell us what did prices do uh, over the year uh, over the month mm. uh, etc so we're, we're publishing initially an index and that index then is being compared to whatever month ago year ago but that's sort of the the focus here where where does that index number come from? How is the Bureau generating that index? What does an index of 110 mean? Mm -hmm. Okay, that for the most part would mean nothing to, it should, you know, to anybody. <laughs> However, if we tell you, you know, we're dealing with the CPI, if we tell you when the base period was or a reference point in time when it was equal to 100, mm -hmm. we can then easily say that index is up 10% from the base period. So just a little lesson there on, on, in, on indexes. Um, well, and that, that kind of ever-present uh, 
issue with statistics uh, themselves is that you know a great many of these statistics mm -hmm. again get reported as a single number but really only have value and you know analytical value when they're compared to exactly to and why and why an index because again we're, we're tracking prices of all these goods and services we need something you know to to convert these numbers to something that's usable mm. we just can't again just be looking at prices of this and that and overall no we need to like many data series uh, from the Bureau and uh, BLS and the Census Bureau etc you'll see our data series are represented published as indexes so uh, I can explain a little bit you oh, see I the number uh, whatever the case may be here in August of 2017 the uh, overall Consumer price index, if you will, two hundred and forty-five point five one nine. You know, where did that index oh, well, come of from? <laughs> where did that come from? So, uh, the basics. By definition, we're tracking the prices of goods and services at the retail level. Simple enough. But wait a minute. What does that mean? We're tracking prices at the retail level. Where? What stores are you gathering these from? What gas stations? What doctors' offices? Which? Which? which airlines you're in a store which product are you looking at this particular article of clothing this particular uh, grade of gasoline this particular shoe this particular belt this particular can of beans or peanut butter or steak or chicken we have that all figured out <laughs> there's a couple of uh, surveys uh, that are done and I would refer to them as building blocks for the consumer or for the consumer price index one is the consumer expenditure survey. We need to know, first off, what are households buying? Mm -hmm. And secondly, how much of their family budget, if you will, are they spending on these goods and services? And that's a very, it, it's one of the building blocks of the CPI. What are people buying? What are they spending? Well, first off, again, we need to know if we're going to construct this market basket of goods and services, what items are going to be included in it. That's, again, a major building block is the expenditure survey. And one of the other things that the expenditure survey provides us is weights for goods and services. We know that we may spend more on food and transportation than we do maybe on entertainment mm. so therefore if there's price increases in some of these components that have larger weights they're gonna we'll, we'll feel them more in the household if the price of uh, again some type of um, uh, food or beverage goes up we need those items as opposed to maybe the cost of a movie ticket mm -hmm. so again it's all based on weights that's that's one of the building blocks again this consumer expenditure survey the next building block is called a point of purchase survey. We need to know where are consumers buying these goods and services. That's another another building block here. We're just not going to walk down the street and go, oh, we'll go see what prices are over here at this particular establishment. No, there's a lot of uh, science involved in this, if you will. So the expenditure survey building block, point of purchase survey building block. We have the items uh, that households are purchasing. We have relative weights for these particular items. And we know where people are buying these goods and services. The Bureau then will look at 
all, it's a little greatly more detailed than what I'm getting into here, but in a nutshell, we're looking at those two components. Uh, we know what items to track. We know what stores to pick prices up from. Our national office will then hand off, I'll just say, marching orders or <laughs> working uh, papers off to the regional offices and our managers then will identify uh, particular goods, services, and where people are buying them. And that's where we start the data collection for the goods and services that go into the CPI. We have across the country over a few hundred uh, part-time data collectors. Mm -hmm. uh, economic assistance is what they're called. They are given stores to visit and I'll just use this as an example if they're initiating a store into our survey or into the sample if you will uh, based on what I mentioned before these are the items these are the stores the uh, data collector potentially could be walking into a uh, grocery store uh, and what are they gonna price peanut butter mm. again peanut butter well they're gonna go into the store first off we have to gain uh, cooperation with the firm because these again it's not automatic companies or stores wherever uh, it's voluntary they mm. can tell us at this time you know we we don't want your pricing in our store but most of the time uh, almost all the time a lot of the stores etc are very you know welcoming and mm. sure come on seems, in seems like a pretty harmless Exa thing. exactly uh, go in uh, we're here to collect prices on peanut butter well you've got a whole you know, five shelf loads with seven different brands, sizes, super crunchy, creamy, mm. low sodium, extra sugar. You get the picture. Which one do we pick? We just can't haphazardly take one off the shelf. No, our data collectors uh, go through something called disaggregation. So we'll, we may ask the, the store owner, uh, do you have sales volumes? Which are your big sellers? Okay, 60% of my sales are is this brand, 20% this. 10% uh, this, 10% this. So that's how we'll narrow it down. So those items that are typically purchased more, they have a larger probability of being selected. So I'm just gonna say we land on uh, 16 ounce uh, creamy, uh, you know, brand, brand X. Mm -hmm. Each month, our data collector will come back to the store and look for that exact same item. Simple as that. But multiply that by thousands of different items, different services, everything across the country. Everything you open up your wallet and uh, to purchase something, chances are it's going to be tracked in our consumer price index. So these thousands of quotes each month are being transmitted from our data collectors. They use a, a pen pad, if you will, jot down the prices, etc. sent on for uh, checks and balances and verifications, etc. But that's you know in uh, a very simple example uh, with with this with peanut butter. Some mm -hmm. things that uh, could vary. What if what used to be a 16 ounce jar of peanut butter is now 15 ounces? Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? And the price is the same. Well, price per ounce that went up. The bureau definitely keeps track of that. You know, you know, coffee is a good example. Used to be a four-pound can of coffee for X amount of dollars. You go back, you know, now it's a three-and-a-half-pound uh, can of coffee. Hey, there's a half a gallon of ice cream. Well, it's not a half a gallon anymore. It's whatever, a few ounces less. No, 
we're keeping track of that as well. Well, and that's that's interesting too because mm-hmm. I think that 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 is a, I guess you could call that an an inflationary effect that that I think gets noticed less. Uh, and again, I'm generalizing mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> the difference between uh, say uh, fifteen and sixteen ounces mm-hmm. of peanut butter because. It, you know, you've got a lot of businesses out there who want to maintain that price point because they, they really feel like, hey, if I get up above, you know, $2 for my, uh, what I think uh, last time, in the, you know, giving you guys a little bit of uh, data right here, I think I paid uh, three forty nine for my jar of peanut butter. Okay. Uh, yeah, we don't want to get above three fifty because then I'll notice mm-hmm. and I'll be like, "Hey, this was three three fifty. Now it's four dollars. I need to find a cheaper brand of peanut butter and I'll, I'll shift over." So the way to kind of I, I don't want to say trick me because they're not, they're not really trying to, but the the way to maintain that price point so that I don't start to try to substitute mm-hmm. is let's just shrink it by enough. So that we save the money on that that one ounce, and um, the price doesn't change, so they're 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 still maintaining their profits, and just hope I don't notice that mm-hmm. you know what was sixteen ounces is now fifteen ounces. Right, right. So again, the the wise shopper, or the person who does the fam, you know, the the weekly or family shopping, sometimes that may just go right over. Mm-hmm their head but again there are a lot of people who are obviously looking at labels and prices and they know what's going on and the bls for sure we know what's going on because that's one of the things we're looking at you know how much is it you know per ounce per gallon per whatever per per weight and that even goes into other um uh categories as well just to make sure that we're still tracking theoretically that same fixed basket uh, even if it's uh, if we're picking up rent mm. for an apartment wait a minute does it include utilities does it include cable does mm. it have Wi-Fi the BLS we're definitely tracking those items as well so we're just not again grabbing prices of goods and services no we're pretty much as detailed as possible there's analysts, et cetera, available that are looking at any sudden shift in a price and saying, "Hey, what, what's what's going on with this?" It used to be, uh, you know, two forty nine uh, for one gallon. Again, things do happen, mm-hmm. but that's why there's checks and balances. Wait a minute, two forty nine a gallon. Uh, what what's going on here? There's a big jump in price or a big drop in price. What happened? So again, uh, making sure everything uh, is in order. And again, that's pretty much the nuts and bolts. Again, there's a lot of math that's involved with prices and and quantities. These are things that you will hear or read about if you want more, again, information on where does that index come from. But that's the nuts and bolts. If these prices that our people, data collectors, are picking up. And again, peanut butter was a pretty, I'd say, a very simple mm-hmm piece of uh, food or uh, service whatever to pick up things do get a lot trickier (laughs) with clothing you know it's a seasonal item it's in it's out 
now what do we do? Is there room for substitution? So we have all this documented, and again, well, our field reps are, are highly trained to take into account all of those said items. We're here grabbing this peanut butter. It's no longer here. Now what are we going to do? We have to grab a similar item. Mm. So we don't want crunchy. We want, again, we're going to stick with the with the with the creamy peanut butter and a dozen of eggs and etc so this is all we've got the bases the bases covered there. Well, and i mean you bring up some some uh, mm-hmm. interesting points there is again because items are seasonal and and like that that of course gets into why of course you're using a basket of goods and not a single good because mm-hmm. if inflation is universally applied why not just do peanut butter uh, and and you know you could always tell inflation off of the the increase in price of peanut butter except no mm-hmm. because uh, well peanut butter is not necessarily seasonal but if there's a peanut shortage right. you never know right of course the price <laughs> is going to go up but no other prices are going to go up unless they're affected by peanuts right and that could be uh, anything peanuts themselves or and so you need some, that, that kind mm-hmm. of diverse basket of goods to, exactly. to, to look at because it'll compensate for any you know variations you know if, if you're talking about uh, something more complicated like uh, let's say there is a, a uh, massive drop in the supply of of uh, petroleum mm. uh, and and that's going to have ramifications out because you're going to have you know obviously you're going to see a spike in the price of gas but you're also going to see spikes in the price of fuel efficient cars because people are going to want mm. to buy more fuel efficient and, cars and, and just at the same token how did those goods get to the shelves yep. they were delivered so the price those of, costs are going up for the trucking company so guess what the store owner may Raise the price a bit on uh, on all all their goods because it costs more to get them delivered. Of course, Which could be. Of mm-hmm. course, while the, the while those prices might be, and that's interesting too, because those prices might be universally increasing. That's not necessarily inflation. That's mm-hmm. the result of a of a gas shortage. Right, but uh, for our purposes with CPI again. Potentially, those things could affect. Oh, absolutely! Obviously, the, the, and, the prices. And then with you know the the seasonal things, uh, especially weighted, I would I would have to imagine somewhere, you know, deep deep in the data, uh, especially this time of year, there is a some sort of pumpkin spice index, uh, of just because everything seems to be uh, pumpkin spice flavored. Uh, so I, I would imagine uh, September October prices for that uh, tend to tick up, mm. uh, but again that's a seasonal shift right. because of increased demand during the fall, rather than again an inflationary effect. Right. So uh, there are some categories uh, historically uh, may have displayed a seasonal seasonal patterns. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on you know what gasoline prices mm-hmm. summer you know used to hear. Summer's coming, gasoline prices are going up. But I don't know, you'd have to look closer at some of our indexes. And some of those series from yesteryear that used to be volatile, a lot of, you can check, uh, a lot of them are, you know, leveled off. And why? I mean, you know, again, we could go on here for, even if it's fruits and vegetables, yeah. we used to only have, you know, our apples from Michigan and we'd have abundant supply in the fall and the prices would be low. But guess what? You shop. There's apples yeah, of every brand I, from all over the world on our, on our store shelves. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I remember a day where, I, again, you, you really had to worry about things being in season. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, there, there was a, a period of the year where you could get strawberries. Yeah, uh, yeah. There was a period of the year where, uh, I mean, you could always kind of get apples, but, yeah, if you bought apples in the spring, they're probably going to be more expensive mm-hmm. than they would be in the fall. Right. And, of course, now you go into the grocery store, I can buy any of two dozen varieties exactly, of apples right. most of which i've never heard of before right. some may be fresh uh, whatever fresh means these days they were mm. you know no they came right off the truck or if they're sitting in some silo at 32 degrees and holding off the uh you know the the, the ripeness there but anyway the the bls again we're, we're conscious of all these seasonal patterns and again playing uh close attention to all of this and as i said in the earlier uh, uh, podcast there on the unemployment rate you know it just switching back to that mm-hmm. our numbers you know it, it's great these numbers are in line one month the bureau's not saying the index was up three percent and the next month it fell two percent no i mean we're again trying to be as a, as accurate as possible keeping and what you mentioned uh, somewhat before this this market basket this market basket changes mm-hmm. We would still be trying to track the price of, you know, eight track players mm-hmm. and cassette decks. I, or I don't even know if anybody have, you know, some people may not even know what they, an eight track player is. You may have to again. <laughs> I hear they're making a comeback. <laughs> there you go. But uh, for the most part, again, this market basket is changing. And then we, of course, incorporate that into our into our index as well. well and mm-hmm. you know, to that, I would imagine over the past 20 years, um, you've had to put increasingly more weight on things like cell phones uh, which the, went from nearly non-existent in the in the average consumers spending to now ubiquitous across all consumers mm-hmm. uh, not just you know uh, not just the phone itself but of course also the the package the service you know, the, the, the service the, that yeah. goes with it right those again again definitely part of our uh, part of our sample there cell phones etc and and, and I Even, assume you're you're not tracking the uh, uh, consumer price index for horse whips, buggies, no bugging whips, like those anymore. things. Yeah, that was the ultra buggy whips and uh, whatever uh, lanterns and things <laughs> of that nature. Except for camping, camping camping gear will still have your lantern in there. Yeah. But uh, other than that, uh, fuel oil. Although there is some still fuel oil there, depending on you know what part of the country you're mm. uh, what you're in. There's still some purchases there. But again. Uh, well, and then also, and and again, it's a pretty pretty easy assumption to make. I assume these are also then um, uh, adjusted for, uh, I guess, cost of living. So, like, if you're if you're uh, folks are out there, you know, pulling in prices, you know, obviously there's going to be a price difference between a jar of peanut butter you know, down the block here from, you know, the, the federal building in downtown Chicago versus a jar of peanut butter in Kankakee. Well, again, that's, as far as the national number goes, that's why we have a sample mm-hmm. of cities across the country included in, in the survey and uh, those that are in large metropolitan areas, if you will, like Chicago and L.A. and San Francisco. Uh, and a lot of times those areas actually have an index published for them mm. because there's enough data, we feel, to report or publish an index that has some value. 
On the other hand, we have smaller areas across the country that we're, we're collecting prices in. However, we're not publishing any specific numbers for them, but those numbers are being fed into uh, the national mm -hmm. number. So the bottom line is survey across across the country, different population sizes to give us a good sample, a good representative sample uh, for the country as a whole. So yes, in some areas, gasoline prices, electricity, uh, uh, natural gas, if you will, utility pipe gas, depending on the area, you're correct. Prices could be obviously more in some areas, uh, again, compared to other areas mm. across the country. And that that's a given, especially, so the, fuel, um, especially energy related prices. Naturally occurring regional, mm -hmm. you know, shift in, in right. everything. Right, but again, the U.S. average, the, the overall all items, again, we're getting a sample across mm -hmm. the country. In some cases, you may get uh, people who call and say, hey, wait a minute, you know, you guys are, you're off your nut. You guys aren't reflecting my buying habits. Uh, yeah, we may not be, you know, tracking your household uh, specifically. You're right. If we did match, you know, that's that's great. But again, it's an average yeah. across the country there. So you may spend more than more on particular goods and services than I do. The price of that good goes up. You're going to feel a bigger pinch than me. Mm -hmm. Somebody smokes, somebody drinks, somebody goes to the movies, you know, two times a week and baseball tickets. Yeah, guess what? Prices of those may be tending to go up. Your wallet may be lighter at the end of the month compared compared to mine. Mm -hmm. You know, holding everything else equal there. Well, and that's, uh, you know, the, the kind of ever-present uh, issue in, in, in economics mm -hmm. is, yeah, in economics we're, we're typically talking about uh, Averages, mm -hmm. not you, not not you specifically. If you don't fit into the average, well, cool. You're you know you're out on the fringes. You spend a lot more money on Candy Crush than anybody mm -hmm. reasonably should. Uh, but uh, you know that doesn't invalidate the average. Uh, again, economists just uh, don't need to be right all the time. They just need to be right on average. Mm -hmm. That's a good. That's a good way to put it. But again, there's the national index, which is you know our overall all items category, and that's typically the one you'll see when you hear on the news inflation was X percent. They're referring to the U.S. city average mm -hmm. for all items, as opposed to some category for food or shoes or something like that. Yeah. And um, we do publish some some indexes again if there's a good enough sample if you will to publish some of these larger areas so you will see an index like chicago la new york uh now, cities of that mm -hmm. in the published numbers do do you then break it out by item or category the, of yes item? but keeping in mind this is a again a survey uh, we are collecting quotes for these specific categories, if there are not enough quotes that mm. we feel to give a solid number, we're not gonna publish anything no. for green grapes for Chicago. We're gonna be able to publish grocery food pr prices, that's it. Mm -hmm. So, med area, minimal, you might break it out to the region as a whole, 12 state Midwest region, yep. you'll have more data published than you do at the local level. Right. And then the national level, that's what we're that's what we're getting at. 
publish, you'll see great detail. So you may, might see a particular type of um, apple or you know some specific public transportation, mm -hmm. airfares or something like that. So again, the better the sample, the better and the more data uh, that's available that we can publish. And we of course like to get as much as we can out there uh, for the for our consumers to use. Absolutely, uh, and, and and of course we'll do mm -hmm. uh, we'll do this at the end too. But quick plug: all of this I assume can be found on the Bureau of Labor oh, Statistics absolutely. website. Right, BLS. BLS.gov, www.bls.gov. Yeah, hopefully, pretty easy to maneuver. If not, there's always somebody to help mm. direct you how to how to capture uh, how to capture an index, uh, etc. So then, uh, now, once the the data has been aggregated, everything uh, you know filters up. Get the the bundles are put together into the overall market basket, mm. and what's generated is then the CPI, the, the overall CPI, which uh, you had said for 2017 is... Yeah, the latest... For, for August is 245.519. Uh, right. Mm -hmm. So I guess what does that mean? Just standalone, uh, as mentioned earlier, probably nothing to, to most people. But if we tell you that on average... Uh, the index was at 100 between 1982 and 84. That's our uh, base period. We can tell you that prices are up over 145 percent since the from the base period. But again, that may mean nothing mm -hmm. to anybody. You know, people may not. Anyway, 145 percent from the base period. Okay, most people want to know what did it do over the year, mm -hmm. over the year, uh, over the month, etc. That's one we'll have to use a little bit of uh, math. To yeah. If you want to do it on your own calculator or just plug in the numbers, but simply over the year, you take the difference. There's a number of ways to calculate this. Take the difference between the two indexes, uh, divide by the earlier year times 100, and that's, that's your percent change, and it just so happens that's 1.9% increase over the year. From, from August, August of 2016. Exactly. So if someone were to ask me, Paul, what's the uh, what's inflation or uh, what the cost of living do? My response would be, based on or as measured by the consumer price index, inflation was 1.9 percent hmm. for the year or for the 12 month period ended August of 2017. So 1.9. What are what are people gonna what are people gonna do with that number again? adjust wages, they're going in for a, a pay increase, they can use that for some ammunition. You could be uh, have a rental unit where the increase in your payment is based on um, the CPI. Uh, you could be, again, there's just ma many uses here uh, well, for these indexes. Well, actually, and, and again, you know, folks out there, I, I have to guarantee you, you know the the BLS here in Chicago has been you know great. Paul's been great. You know doing interviews with me, but I have no. Uh, I'm not an employee of the BLS. Mm. I, I I have. They're not paying me. <laughs> Although if you guys wanted to, hey, we can work <laughs> something. Uh, but uh, this is this is one of those things where if you're sitting there listening to the show and going, well, you know, it's a website full of data, and I'm not an economist. What do I care about that? That right there is why you care about that mm -hmm. because you you can you can pull this up, and when you go in to talk to your boss about a raise, you can say, "Hey, 
uh, inflation per the CPI has gone up 1.9% last year to this year, which means I need a 2% raise. Uh, or I haven't asked for one in a few years. So you can calculate mm -hmm. last time I got a raise was four years ago over the past four years. What's the inflation rate to base on the CPI? Here's what I'm asking for. And if your boss is like, well, did you just pull that number out of thin air? You can be like, no, <laughs> got it off the BLS website. Right. And, you know, uh, historically, uh, there were uh, a lot of union contracts that were tied mm. tied to the CPI. So in, in my day, we used to get a, a lot of calls uh, either, you know, tied to a union contract, calls for X percent increase, or a lot of times, in fact, they used to use index point changes, you know, mm. maybe a half a, half a cent for each index point change. So, uh, again, uh, many uses. Oh, yeah. uh, we... Well, and, and as you'd mentioned, you know, if you're if, if you're a renter mm -hmm. and your landlord decides to uh, increase the cost of your rent, uh, you can go out and look to see mm -hmm. if that's if that's just them keeping up with the the, the CPI or inflation based mm -hmm. on the CPI, or if they're gouging you. Right. So, uh, and again, read in those uh, leases there. Pay attention to the fine print mm -hmm. because we've again in my. Uh, journeys here with the BLS with helping out a lot of data users uh, you know there a lot of times people are literally reading me their leases their uh, the contracts and all this other stuff again our job will provide you the number and tell you how to get it you know some possible uses for the data but you know you own the decision there mm. we're just telling you what what, <laughs> what the percentage change is there but just read 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 the fine print as we say you own you own the decision there. But make it easy on yourself. If you are going to use uh, a CPI, we have many documents out there, you know, using the CPI, using the producer price index index uh, in, a, uh, in, in a contract clause, uh, et cetera. So mm. everything is out there. Be, be as specific as you, as you can, because historically we've gotten uh, calls, give me the CPI, which one? Uh, give me the one that rose the most. You know, then the other person will call. Give me the one that rose the least. Yeah, so you just talked to two different yeah, lawyers yeah, yeah. on either end of a case. Right. So be be specific. Um, be specific if you can. Mm. Uh, and now, uh, so you know the, the the CPI. I think, generally speaking, one of the, uh, if not you know, the standard way of gauging inflation. Uh, are you aware of any other methods? Uh, used out there right by, again by. with my again being around these numbers for more than half of my life here <laughs> when I see hear the word inflation there's a handful of things that are popping into my head first off of course consumer uh, price index but investigate look it up what's being tracked again hopefully what I mentioned earlier you have the foundation of the index but again consumer price index uh, your, your your measure of retail price inflation but uh, there are others. The Bureau publishes the producer price index, mm. and a lot of times it, it had been referred to for many years as the wholesale price index. But uh, in this case, the PPI uh, is tracking prices uh, from the perspective of the seller. Mm. So if, I, if you are a manufacturer of nuts and bolts and washers and other fasteners, the BLS is going to, and if you're been chosen to be part of our uh, sample, we would be asking you how much did you receive for your particular for your particular product. So again, 
some of the foundation for our, our producer price index, tracking the prices from the uh, perspective of the of the of the seller. Mm-hmm. So there's goods and there's some uh, services are also uh, picked up in there as well as construction. So the CPI. Uh, again, more people are, are familiar with it because there's items that you and I are buying on a, on a daily basis. The producer price index, on the other hand, we, we could think of it as a business-to-business transaction. So mm-hmm. if I'm a company and we're purchasing these nuts and bolts and screws from you to use on our machinery manufacturing, again, another source, another data series that the Bureau publishes that the business communities can use to tie into contract escalation, to track mm-hmm. the cost of you know maybe steel or, or, or lumber, any of these items that typically a consumer uh, at the retail level, in some cases, you may not see a lot of these items. But again, another very important index of the BLS is the producer price index. And we also have import-export uh, prices as, uh, mm-hmm. as well. And then as mentioned earlier, in addition, CPI, PPI, we also have the ECI, the Employment Cost Index, which you can think of as uh, the index that tracks the cost of labor, mm. or what's, what is wage inflation. Someone asked me, what have wages gone up? We can use um, the ECI to track that. So another, instead of a basket of goods and services, a basket of, of labor or a basket of jobs, how much have wages gone up for these specific uh in workers in specific occupations uh, or industries, so a lot of good a lot of good data out there. Uh, there are a lot of uh, specific users uh, of our data, uh, maybe in the employment cost index area. Human resource managers, of course, would be very interested in tracking the cost of labor. That that that's one group, and then CPI, pretty much. Universal, uh, a mm. lot of people have their hands in on that one, and the producer price index again, more of a business. It is more of a business to business transaction there. So, if someone you know is increasing or wants to uh, tie something to the price increase of steel or machinery or uh, whatever the case may be, nuts and bolts, you're not going to find anything like that in the CPI. Uh, mm. You might find something buried in hardware, but again. Those are more of the uh, business-to-business transactions there. So the BLS is publishing a little bit of everything uh, for every for everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, and and I think that's also you know looking at at, at all of those statistics. I guess another uh, key takeaway you know, for the folks out there mm-hmm. is um, you know people tend to talk about inflation mm-hmm. as this this <clears throat> uh, you know concept that mm-hmm. can be just calculated it's oh it's this but if you look at the cpi the ppi what what you're really looking at isn't what inflation is it's what inflation was Mm. because the cpi isn't inflation it's the effects of inflation and it's the it seems to me the and and again it's that's not a knock against you know the Mm -hmm. statistic itself that's really the best you can do because inflation is this more uh, amorphous concept mm-hmm. that that that's happening out there and right. you know there's there there is significant debate over the causes of inflation and and there are whole schools of economics based uh, around debates of that type which we'll do an episode on <laughs> at a different time but uh 
Uh, just because, again, here at the BLS, uh, if I'm if I'm coming here to talk to you guys, we we really want to talk about the the you know the actual mechanics right. of the statistic rather than the philosophy behind it. But uh, yeah, really, again, consider the the increase in prices through the CPI. That's the result of inflation. It's like tracking an animal based on on uh, the the. Uh, you know uh, the footprints mm-hmm. uh it's you, right you're, by you're, definition you're, you're, tracking that's what we're doing tracking prices yep. what and, and and of course again thanks to some you know decades and decades uh really how, how long you said the bls has been tracking this since 82 we've well that's there's just a reference point in time okay which was equal to 100 there's indexes going back to the you know, early 1900s right, so. uh, with the CPI and even other, uh, there's other sources or resources for data uh, where you can look at uh, these uh, indexes going back to the Civil War uh, mm. period there. There's publications out there that the so, Census Bureau put out. T- talking about, we can legitimately say centuries mm-hmm. of, of, of data going back, uh, what you're, you know, the, the, you know, centuries worth of mathematicians, statisticians, and economists all working into this, you know, to create this number. Right. You know, it, like, like I say, to, to say something like the CPI is, is really looking at the after effects of inflation rather than inflation itself, it's not a, a criticism of it so much as uh, really that's the best you can do. Because there's not, there's not a little gauge you can just hang out the window and it'll give you what inflation is. You know, it's not, it's not something. I, I think that's that directly collectible, uh, or or uh, easy to just pull that that data in. Unless, of course, you're a monetarist, but we'll get into. That. Like I say that's a different episode, because then all you have to do is look at the increase in the money supply. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, so you know the the CPI, the PPI, uh, all all of these stats that the BLS puts out is really <clears throat> giving us the best, I guess, clearest look at what the inflation rate had right. been. Right, accurate. You know, accuracy number one here with the BLS. Uh, as you just said, our our response is what what have what have prices you know increased or. Mm-hmm. Maybe they decreased in some cases, depending on the good or service or the overall category. And again, you know, uh, aggregating them together just in case that price increase or decrease is somehow based on some exogenous factor that just, mm-hmm. you know, prices decrease not due to inflation or deflation. Yeah, again, as there's you know, obvious, obvious causes. I yeah. mean, one thing. Uh, we may want to be looking at now is you know oranges or orange juice. Mm. You know, I'm hearing you know uh, if you are again keep track of that's the latest one that's in the news there with mm. uh, because of the orange I, I, again where the if Florida grown oranges there we'll we'll take a look at I haven't looked at orange at orange juice futures or anything <laughs> of that nature but I'm sure people are are tracking are tracking those well i'm just just down the block at the board of trade I'm, i am sure there are people speculating on orange orange futures mm-hmm. right now based on uh you know the recent you know damage potential damage caused by the recent hurricane mm-hmm. but uh so i mean 
you know, in regards to uh, you know inflation, the 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 inflation statistic itself. Any any parting thoughts? No, just in general. Again, the bureau just trying to get uh, con- continuing to uh, you know strive for a more accurate. Uh, always mm-hmm. more a- accurate to begin with, but again, just striving to be as accurate and continue to do you know a good job in publishing. Uh, publishing these uh, economic data series that everybody everybody uses and mm. in one way or another they they affect they affect you. Mm-hmm. Oh well, I mean the the CPI is mm-hmm. literally everything that could possibly affect you in the market. Or, exactly, uh, with the exception of wage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, every purchase you make is generally speaking. Included into the CPI, obviously right. not every purchase, right. but Direct, it could be directly and or in, in indirectly mm-hmm. uh, could potentially affect the movement. And uh, just you know, one note uh, with the CPI and inflation, etc. There, uh, when we do some present presentations on this topic, uh, I like to show an old a clip from uh, an old Cheers <laughs> episode for those of us who were around no. uh, when Cheers was, was popular, but... Uh, hey, well, it's, actually, it's making a comeback. It's on <laughs> oh. Netflix now. Oh, oh really? So, like, the... All these, like, uh, you know, all these late-stage millennials yeah. are discovering yeah. the joy that was Cheers. Right, and, Just you know, wait till they get around to Frasier. Oh, boy. With, well, that's probably next. But Woody <laughs> was noting the increase in price in pumpkin seeds or something, mm-hmm. and Norm then went into some spiel about the value of the dollar and literally has a dollar bill up and is taking account this much for inflation and you know the cost of living, which to me those are synonymous yeah. there. But he's tearing the dollar. He's also Norm. Yeah, yeah, Norm tearing the dollar in uh, you know into pieces, and then Cliff leaves to use wherever he went off, and then uh, Rhea Perlman's character goes, "Let's see what he has, and let's see if this works with like with a a five dollar bill." <laughs> you know, that's it. But anyway, my point is there. Everybody's got their literally and figuratively their hands in on this, mm. so it's great to see that uh, you know. Uh, I don't know if they're poking fun at it, but they're yeah. aware of this inflation and the value of the dollar, uh, et cetera. <laughs> well, I, again, thanks for uh, coming back on, and 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 like I say, uh, let you uh, give you another chance to uh, plug the BLS website. Uh, like I say, based on our conversation here, a lot of uh, very practical. Like I, I, you know, I can see how a lot of people go, yeah, yeah, that's for economists who need data for their, you know out there research projects no <laughs> no we have a lot uh again for everybody again plug in the www.bls.gov and then you can mouse over subjects and you'll have your whole list of different programs and the search function is really good on there but in addition to again inflation uh be it or be it our CPI or PPI or Employment Cost Index, Import-Export. Again, wages, mm. bls.gov slash OES, you know, numerous wage surveys that are out there that anybody can use. I think that's um, the one that probably perked people's ears. Okay, OES, uh, again, sample, survey, bladder respondents, well, uh, you great, can, great uh, numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. If I understand right, you can also get... Um, uh, average wages for types of work in case you're applying to jobs? Oh, absolutely. So you're going, exactly, by occupation. Mm-hmm. Listings over, in our economy, over three, four, five hundred different occup- occupational titles. 
We're capturing, uh, again, a large number of those. You need to know what the average wage is for a specific occupation mm -hmm. in a specific metropolitan area. You know, employment projections, which jobs are growing. You know, they're offering a typewriter repair class. Eh, I don't know about that one, but again, maybe something um, in I'm, healthcare or something. Maybe you want to go that route, well, or computer-related. Everything that's old is new again. I'm sure yeah, typewriters yeah. will make a comeback. Well, again, there's replacement just because the job may not have, you know, uh, you know, net uh, a growth. Somebody there's what we call you know replacement needs. Somebody's mm -hmm. going to have to replace. Uh, you never know that typewriter repair person <laughs> or what have you. But again, a whole wealth wealth of information from pay and uh, benefits. You know, we're a HR manager's best friend mm -hmm. with the pay and benefit data that we report. And uh, again, inflation uh, from every every walk and projections, productivity, workplace, injuries and illnesses, safety managers always checking on our numbers for most dangerous jobs, uh, mm. et cetera there. So we're well, a wealth of a wealth of information with the BLS. Outstanding. Uh, employment, as we mentioned in the last series there, unemployment rates and employment by industry. So a lot of a lot of great numbers out there. All right. Well thanks a lot for coming on again. And uh, because we've got any number of uh, statistics to go through, I'm sure I'll be contacting you again in the future. I uh, just want to remind our listeners out there to uh, like, share, subscribe. Uh, make sure to uh, go on to iTunes and rate and review us. That's how we get uh, bumped up the recommended charts. And uh, come find us on Facebook. Uh, you can join the uh, OK, Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong Facebook group post comments and suggestions for future episodes. Uh, with that, I've been Dave Yost, and this has been OK. Well, let me tell you why you're wrong.